Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here comes a lightning bolt. Charger fans are witnesses to history. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go. Oh boy, here we are. Man, was that a rough one. But the Chargers win. They are now 4-2. and two. Get the overtime win. That's right, Luke. Uh, overtime win <laughs> there with a field, bo- field goal by Dustin Hopkins, which uh, Jamie and I are going to have to do some kicker talk today. But, Jamie, uh, how are you feeling after the win? First thoughts. I'm just glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That game was painful. Yeah. Yeah, it Luke, was It Luke was especially. <laughs> <laughs> um. Luke's his dog, by the way, for anybody joining us. Um, no, I mean, it. It was ugly, and to be honest, I'm not all that surprised. I, what surprised me was watching the pregame show and seeing everybody on ESPN pick the Chargers to win like 28 or 35 to 14 because mm-hmm. that's just not how these Bronco games go. So I'm Never. really not surprised that it was a one-score game. I'm not surprised the Chargers had to string together a 15-yard drive to score points. Uh, I'm really not surprised that the Broncos picked apart the Chargers' offensive line and that the Chargers receivers couldn't get open, none of that really shocked me. Um, <laughs> uh, it was it was awful uh, on a lot of fronts. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the least of... God, 
every time we go to record, he's ready to just start barking. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, guys. It's all right. Um, anyway, I think I thought the clock management at the end of the fourth quarter was brutal in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, there were it was it was a weird game. You know, there there were some positives in terms of some adjustment adjustments the coaches made. Uh, in the second quarter and especially in halftime that helped kind of bottle up the the Broncos offense, uh, including some personnel changes that I think most people probably didn't see coming and that took some people by surprise, namely, obviously, benching J.C. Jackson, which I don't Mm -hmm. think anybody saw really coming, even though he definitely earned it. Um, But just a, a a lot of ups and downs. I mean, if you want to talk about the good things, which we've been trying to do a lot lately, and it's they're making it harder every week. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to talk about the good things, I mean, um, the interior of the Chargers defensive line and really the entire Ooh. front seven played really well today. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did an excellent job of keeping Russ in the pocket, trapping him in the pocket, and making him look kind of frenetic in the pocket. I mean, he was having a really hard time back there, uh, not getting the ball out, taking hits, uh, getting just getting stuck in the pocket and not not being able to make plays happen once they made some changes after the first quarter, um, and the IDL had a huge huge role in that. Yeah. Um, once they took JC J. Jackson out, all the explosive plays came out of the offense. Uh, the secondary, outside of Jackson, played pretty well for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you know the defense. I really thought the last three quarters of defense was great. You know they were terrible in the first quarter mm-hmm. they had that one big play right before halftime, but they held them to a field goal. And from then on, they really controlled the line of scrimmage and they controlled the game. So you want to look at positives. It seems like they figured some things out on offense or on defense. Excuse me. I think we talked about the personnel changes. Staley also made some schematic changes that I think played a huge role in this game. Staley is not somebody who likes to blitz a lot. I think the Chargers on the season have been blitzing somewhere between 20 and 25% of the time. It seemed like they blitzed on every third down today, and they were blitzing on a lot of second downs. Tranquil was really effective on the blitz. Uh, they brought Van Noy, who was pretty effective on the blitz. Murray flashed a couple times on the blitz. Um, they Derwin. Derwin showed up a couple times. Basically, everyone they sent on the blitz at some point in the game either made a play or disrupted a play. And that that blitz package completely changed the flow of that game for the Chargers defense, completely changed the tone. Uh, so t- I think Staley deserves a lot of credit on that front for going away from something that he prefers and going to something that he's clearly not comfortable doing, putting a lot more pressure on the back end with the blitz, and it worked out beautifully, and it's why they were able to hold the Broncos down for most of the last three quarters and win that game. So he deserves, deserves a lot of credit for that. I think you got to talk about Dustin Hopkins. This will be the one and only time I mention him. <laughs> he was tough. I mean, you know, he's he obviously dealing with a bad right leg, falling on every kick, but he gutted it out, made four huge kicks for the Chargers, allowed them to win that game really big. Um, so those are the good things that happened. Yeah, um, yeah. And even though you listed like almost uh, everything that happened. Yeah. But yeah, there were, there were a lot of good things. Oh, yeah, we haven't talked about the bad, so not everything. But um yeah, that's uh, we can get out of the way now. I mean, Destin Hopkins obviously deserves a game ball. Um, getting injured, going to a knee every time he kicks, and then having to make one in a pressure situation to tie the game, and then also to win it in overtime 
was huge uh, that he was able to do that and uh, showed some real guts uh, making those kicks. And yeah, the um, well, I guess we'll talk about the end of game management, but I thought the interior was amazing today. Sebastian Joseph Day had a really good day. Austin Johnson flashed a lot today. Um, and I thought Khalil Mack was a monster. He got a couple sacks. He had a tip ball. And then Drew Tranquil, like you mentioned, um, he got a pressure on Wilson early on, and he had a four, he had to throw a ball out of bounds. And then right after, Derwin gets that sack. And then we saw Tranquil get a, a sack on the third down after the interception to kind of push that field goal back. It was like a 48 or 49-yarder after that sack. So um, they ended up making the kick, but it was a great way to uh, set him back and make that kick a little bit harder. And then, of course, that one where he was absolutely shot out of a cannon in that Broncos two-minute drill when he went right up the A-gap and was met. It felt like it, he met Russell Wilson as soon as he got the snap. He was right on him as soon as he got that ball. So, uh, yeah, it was huge from not only Staley, but this interior uh, knocking down the run. I know this run game is still trying to find itself in Denver. They ended up benching Melvin Gordon, which admittedly I kind of sped through the game. I was kind of late to watching it and then kind of caught up in the second half. Uh, do we know why they benched Gordon? Um. Probably because he sucks. <laughs> yeah, I have I have no idea why they benched him, but uh, they benched Gordon, and uh, they've been trying to figure that run game out. But they could they couldn't get anything going, and that was the only thing that Denver offense could get going. Uh, Wilson just could not push the ball downfield. Uh, they kept everything in front of him. They were daring Wilson to try to uh, beat him deep. Uh, couldn't do it. So they played everything in front. He couldn't get any real uh, chunk plays except before the halftime. But um, everything else, I thought, f for three quarters was great. There was one blown coverage on that Greg Dolchich uh, touchdown. But outside of that, I thought it was pretty strong and a really good chunk from his defense. Yeah, I mean, there were, I think, three blown coverages. There was one to Hamlin um, right before halftime that set up mm. the, the field goal before the half. There yeah, was the was one the to Dolchich for the touchdown. Mm -hmm. And then I think there was one other one, if I'm not mistaken. But um, other than that, the coverage was generally pretty good. Uh, they did a really good job reining in the, the Broncos' wide receivers in particular. We really didn't see much outside of a, a sideline catch by Cortland Sutton where he was very clearly pushing off with one arm and caught the ball on the sideline with the with his offhand. Um, didn't see much from him. Judy didn't show up much. Mm -hmm. Hamlin didn't show up much outside of that one catch. Um, so they did a really good job of corralling the the uh, the wide receivers, the skill players for the Broncos, mm -hmm. yeah. which is something they haven't been very successful doing in recent weeks. They're always giving up constant big plays, chunk plays. And they give up a couple, but it, they really cleaned it up after the first quarter for the most part. Yeah, yeah, the Hamler had like a it was a 47-yarder or something, but they uh I think it was Judy was their leading rece uh receiver and he only had 3 catches which was the most on the team and he had 54 yards. So they kept those receivers in check for uh, most of the day. There was a couple blown assignments uh like we mentioned, but other than that, a pretty strong showing. And just a shout out to Bryce Callahan who I think popped a lot today. Um I thought all the corners really did good outside of JC Jackson. Michael Davis uh, having a really nice PBU where he broke on the ball nicely. Bryce Callahan was really good in the first quarter. It was back-to-back -back plays where he got a run stop for loss and then had a tackle for loss on this quick little dump off from Wilson uh, where he got a, a tackle for loss behind line of scrimmage right after it. So I thought across the board, Asante Samuel did good today. I thought for the most part, this defense did really, really good. I thought J.C. Jackson kind of dr dragged down the entire defensive grade as a whole throughout this game. But for the most part, I thought everybody did really, really good. 
Yeah, everybody outside of Jackson was really good. I thought, um, you know, I mean, let's be honest. The Broncos' offense is terrible. They're really bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, near the bottom <laughs> of the league in pretty much every category. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made them look good for a quarter, and then they clamped them down and did a really good job of settling in and playing some really good football for the rest of the game. Uh, but, yeah, I, you know, they were good for the most part at on all three levels outside of a couple bad plays. Uh, and I'm still not – I got to go back and watch the tape on that that Diltage play. I'm not really sure what happened there. Some people were saying it was J.C. Jackson. It looked like Derwin passed him off. Um, Derwin had kind of a rough game in coverage. He was involved in that Hamler or Hamlin um, deep ball as well. So, But he settled down on the second half. Um, it was encouraging to see them – Kind of get over those mistakes and play much more much more aggressively and play much better uh, down the stretch in that game. Yeah, it seemed to me on that Dolchich touchdown they ran a two verts and J.C. Jackson ran with the seam instead of taking Dolchich uh, down the sideline and uh, missed it. But whatever it was, uh, enough to get him benched apparently, and that's something we'll have to watch going forward because it just seemed like he was trying to recover from an injury, and now we're talking about him not doing good at all, uh, getting near a hundred percent. So I, you know, I'm not sure, but, um, uh, Eckler, uh, they got a lot of, uh, run out of Eckler today. Uh, he had the touchdown, which, uh, big assist from Zion Johnson who helped drag him to the, uh, first. And also Zion helped drag, uh, Gerald Everett after that one handed catch he made, uh, he was kind of dragging defender. Zion also pushed him to the first down, uh, doing it twice that drive. But after that, man, it was three holding calls tonight. It was a rough day for Zion Johnson. Also, Trey Pipkins, who has been somewhat solid throughout uh, the season so far, but had his hands full with uh, Baron Browning today. Yeah, Pipkins had a rough day. I mean, to be fair to him, he is banged up. He's playing yeah. on a sprained MCL, uh, basically out of necessity because they don't have anybody else with a pulse that can fill in for him. Uh-huh. Um, the offensive line in general today was really bad. Mm-hmm. They really struggled running the ball outside of a couple of plays. They could not protect Justin Herbert. You could tell he did not trust them at all uh, the entire day. Uh, just very, I don't know, skittish in the pocket, almost mm-hmm. frenetic. He just looked really uncomfortable, really unsure of himself. There were several reads that it seemed like he had guys open and he just couldn't get the ball out, Yeah, uh, including on that fourth down play where he tried to force the ball to Carter. He had, uh, on the final drive of regulation, he had Everett open um, on a post route. And mm-hmm. really he a wide open off. look. He, if he hits him in stride, he runs at least runs out of bounds and yeah. sets them up with really good field position. But he decided to check it down to Carter. Just a a bad day for Herbert, driven in most part, I think, by really bad protection. Um, Are you talking about at the end of the game where he checked it down to Horvath, that one? Um instead there of was, oh yeah. There were two plays. There was mm-hmm. one that yeah, was the one where he checked it down to Horvath. Yeah. Yeah. Who was, was open initially too, both Everett and Horvath, but he held on the ball pretty too long. long and yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. He was her Herbert was just not himself. No, he was all over the um, place today. That, that Denver cover two defense gives him fits. It has since he came in the league and it just isn't really improving. He's just not comfortable challenging them downfield at all. They came out trying to push the ball down the field and I was confident they had a game plan to try to yeah. do that. And then it just went away. Uh, just and they got the flag on it immediately. First play from scrimmage down to yep. the sideline to Palmer. Um, but you got to worry about that, that offensive line. I mean, obviously, you know, Herbert is the most important person on offense. Um, if you accept that, then Corey Lindsley is 1B. 
He is mm-hmm. the next most important person in that offense. Mm-hmm. You could talk about Keenan being hurt. You could talk about Eckler and Mike, but you can see the difference in this offense in terms of the protections and Herbert's comfort level with the blocking schemes and the protections, all that. Um, you can definitely see a difference when Lindsley isn't out there. Uh, Will Clapp should not be on this team, Mm-mm. but they're stuck with him. They do not have a center who can handle protections like Lindsay can. They're not picking up blitzes. They're not recognizing much of anything. You know, guys in our Discord were commenting about how, oh, they're getting blitzed to death on every play. No, they weren't getting blitzed. They no. just couldn't block anybody. DJ Jones is really good. <laughs> he is really good. Yeah. Um, but they were getting home with four-man pressures for the most part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just they couldn't block. They couldn't get a hand on anybody. Yeah. Jones uh, is wreaking havoc today, though. Yeah. He was a monster. So was Browning. But uh, and yeah. then we saw, you know, we were saying, hey, you know, maybe Brendan Hymas is that guy at center if Will Clapp continues to be as bad as he was, and then Hymas comes in, has a false start or holding call, and uh, he didn't do so good either. Uh, Will Clapp came back and looked a little scared out there. Hymas did when he had to come in. Understandable. He hasn't played in a regular season game since college. So and he was yeah he's been practicing at guard. Uh, for most of camp and most of his career, really. And then they want him to come in and be a center. Yeah, I, it's understandable, but, you know, he's going to need some time if we're looking at him as a, a center, too. Yep, it's going to take a while. Yeah. And he uh, may not be the answer. Yeah. Also, DJ Jones, a uh, favorite of the podcast. Yes, I'm maybe one of them to sign in free agency. Boy, did we love him. He's a, he's a great player. Um, he is. Want to uh, give a shout-out to Joshua Palmer today. Uh, he stepped up big time. Mike Williams got locked up on the outside by Patrick Sertan, who he just could not get separation on most of today. And uh, they found a matchup they liked with Joshua Palmer, had nine catches, 57 yards, uh, was able to slip a tackle and extend a play in the second half, had a big third down catch in the first quarter, I think a couple first down catches. Had several uh, third down catches, yeah. yeah. Was a uh, nice little safety blanket for Herbert when uh, it didn't seem like a lot of other guys were getting open. Yeah, he was good. He was doing a better job of sitting down in soft zones and finding spots in the zone mm-hmm. to make plays. Uh, he had a couple drops early in the game, but he bounced back and made some big catches later, which was good to see. Yeah, um, good to see. Good to see Palmer kind of start to figure some things out and yeah. carve a roll out for himself in the offense because they need him. Yeah. Oh, they absolutely do. Uh, also, uh, big shout out to Donald Parham who uh, kind of was a little showcase today, uh, had some big catches, three catches, 53 yards. I think he finished with including a 24 yarder, uh, was able to break you loose a couple times, had a third down catch, uh, had the first down on the 24 yarder, but a nice little extra receiving weapon for the chargers. Once Keenan comes back, it'll uh, be nice once he gets to hundred percent too. Cause it seemed like Parham was once he was like made a catch, he was kind of running not at full speed to the sideline. I think he still kind of nursed that injury a little bit, but uh, pretty good get from him too. Yeah, so did he come back after he got hurt? I'm not sure. Because he went out in like the third quarter and yeah. kind of disappeared after that. Yeah, I don't remember seeing him or not. He, yeah, uh, I, hopefully he's healthy because it seems like every time he gets hit, he's hurt. Yeah. That's a little oh. worrisome at this point. Mm-hmm. He can't stay yeah. on the field. So uh, we talked about the good things that Staley <laughs> did with the adjustments with the blitz scheme and benching J.C. Jackson for uh, Michael Davis. Mm-hmm. Is it time to talk about the bad things? Okay. Yeah. You want to talk about uh, that end of game clock management? Yeah. The, I mean, I, I guess I, you did a little bit, but. I mentioned it, but 
Yeah. I, I thought I, I, I honestly can't explain what they were doing at the end of the game. Uh, I know some people in our discord thought that maybe they thought they thought that after Eckler caught that pass for a first down, that maybe mm-hmm. he was short and they were waiting for a measurement. I don't know. I'm not sure what was going on there. Cause it seemed obvious to me that they got the first down on that play. Mm-hmm. They're just letting, letting time run down. Uh, they get the ball back with what two minutes left, a minute 51 left. And they're just letting clock bleed. They've got three timeouts. They're not calling timeouts. They're making no effort to get the ball down the field. It seemed like they were playing for overtime at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and even before that, you know, they get the sack on third and nine on Wilson with two minutes and 31 seconds left in the game. Yep. And they let the clock bleed down before two, under two um, minutes. Before the punt to under two minutes. They could mm-hmm. have had the ball back with two timeouts and more than two minutes on the clock, two and a half minutes on the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, but they chose to let the clock run down. They let they let the Broncos run the clock down before they punted it, and they didn't use their timeouts before halftime. I I really don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, um, Staley sat on them both times. Yeah, he sat on it. I don't know, you know, if they just weren't comfortable with the offensive line and they felt like that there was nothing they could do. Um, but it just really seemed to me like they were ready to play for overtime, which. I don't understand. Yeah. Would have liked to see them try to put put that game away late. Of course. And so what I mean to me here, like what what is the identity? You're gonna be aggressive on fourth down uh with a hurt kicker and you're going to push the envelope week in and week out. They did he had that controversial call last week where he put the ball in Herbert's hands, he said, and they didn't get it and almost lost to the Browns and gave him good field position. This time they went for it on fourth down a few times. They converted uh once on, with a bandy catch. Uh, didn't convert it on a throw to DeAndre Carter, but if if you're going to be aggressive, how do you with two minutes left, which is a real easy, normal football thing to happen, have a two minute drive at the end of the game? Why why is it then you sit on your timeouts and your hands and let it go into overtime with a guy like Justin Herbert? If you want Justin Herbert to win you the game, there's two mistakes here. The first one is, and I, I was screaming at my computer screen while watching this, so it's not I'm not doing this after the fact, but was the one Jamie mentioned. As soon as they had that sack, call that timeout. You have 230. They have to punt the ball. You get an extra timeout because of the two-minute warning at that point. So basically, you have your three timeouts. You have two in your pocket and the two-minute warning. So at that point, you have much more time, and you've got technically two timeouts but the two-minute warning. That's an added bonus timeout that you could have had if you would have taken that timeout after the sack. That's mistake number one. Number two, they were doing a lot of check down, short throws, fine. Um, uh, I get with the sense of like, I don't want to give Russell Wilson too much time. I understand that part too. Once Austin Eckler catches that ball midfield and it's no doubt a first down, call a timeout. You have the ball and now you have close to a minute at that point, but then they let what felt like 20 to 30 seconds run off the clock. It was if like not a good 25 more. seconds. And yeah. then Eckler didn't even look like he was ready to set yet. And then and then they throw uh, an out route near the sideline. But there there are two opportunities to take a timeout. And if you've got if you didn't take any of those timeouts at that point, what's the point of having three timeouts and not using them late? Why wait until the clock went down to do a hail mary that was way short of the end zone? By the way, none of that 
two-minute warning uh, was good football. That was terrible clock management and really, really ba- uh, game ma- bad game management from Brandon Staley. Uh, I don't know why nobody told him to take a timeout before the, after that sack and then after that uh, Eckler first down. And also, did you see on that first pass to Eckler that kind of defender was holding Eckler while he was trying to like run the ball to the middle? Did you see that? No, Pardon? I didn't catch that. Oh, it was like he was slowing him down, and Eckler's like, get off me. And uh, I thought they were going to call timeout, but they didn't, and then they set the ball down and then ran another play. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was just awful, awful game management and clock management from Brandon Staley. Yeah, it was awful. Uh, it just reeked of not having a plan. It was like they haven't practiced their two-minute drill at all. Just terrible clock management from start to finish. Um, and probably not even that they were playing for overtime, just that they didn't have a plan. Yeah. They didn't have – they didn't have plays scripted for the situation. Clearly, they didn't know what they wanted to do or how they wanted to go about doing it. I think it was almost like, well, let's run a couple screens to Eckler and see if they see if we could pop one, and then if we get yeah. ten or fifteen yards, then we'll run the offense. Uh, there was just and the screen hasn't really been working all game long, by the way. Yeah, they and then they want then they said, okay, in the two more morning, maybe this time it'll work, and this time we can break some off, and this time we can get in field goal range and win this game. It didn't happen. Yeah, you know, we defended Staley a lot, um, although we did criticize it last week for the fourth down decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game management at the end of the game, even in spite of the personnel changes he made and the blitz package changes that he made earlier in the game, that time management and game management, those issues at the end of the game, I'm like one foot out the door on him. I'm, I'm starting to lose my patience because I just feel like He's not getting any better. It seemed like he really got out coached by Hackett for a quarter or a quarter and a half uh, early in the game. He did settle down and make some adjustments, but he had absolutely no idea how to handle the, the last two minutes of that game, and that's inexcusable. And he really didn't handle overtime at all, all that well either. Mm-mm. No, no. He got really lucky that the rookie, Jasir Taylor, had that veteran move of blocking the blocker into the returner, which was so awesome. And then recovered by the other rookie, Dean Leonard. Uh, So kind of get bailed out by a muff punt, but they did it and they won an ugly one. Uh, One that, you know, maybe in years past the Chargers would have lost. Uh, I think the Chargers won in spite of some of these issues from Staley, but also Staley helped with some of his personnel changes. I thought being aggressive on uh, defense was really nice. I mean, uh, you know, I don't think it was an all-out bad coached game, but I think that uh, that first quarter was troublesome. And then uh, that end of the game management was just really, really bad, really bad. And that's, I mean, that's to win it. And also, I just don't know what message you're sending to the team at this point, because what is your, again, what is your kind of personality here? What are you going for? What are you hanging your hat on? If it's being aggressive with fourth down, then having a simple two minute drill at the end of the game should be easy. But uh, no, that's, that's the one time he wasn't aggressive. Yeah. And you made a point that I wanted to make too, is I have no idea what this team's identity is. We are now what six six twenty three games into Brand oh. Staley's tenure as a charger. Oh, you're doing that math. I was trying coach. to do the I was trying to do the first six games. Well, no. I had I had enough fingers to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing Staley's tenure. Uh. We're twenty three games into Staley's tenure. We're still talking about learning how to win. We're still talking about whether or not we're going for it on fourth down. We're still talking about clock management issues. Uh, we're still talking about him getting outstretched and coach in, in stretches of games. I'm starting to have some concerns. And I feel like when you're 
23 games into the to your tenure as a head coach, we should know what the identity of the team is mm-hmm. at the very least. Uh, and we shouldn't be clinging to, well, they probably would have lost that under previous regimes. Right. They should be past this point already. So yeah, I, I would like to see some growth and I'm not seeing growth. The defense did play well tonight. Mm-hmm. There were some good personnel adjustments. There were some good schematic adjustments with the defense. That was encouraging. That has Staley written all over it, so he gets credit for that. Mm-hmm. But just I want to see more. Yeah. I mean, you knew this game was going to be ugly. You knew it was going to be tough. I I would like to see some awareness in the game management. And there was there were a couple other fourth down situations in that game with you know with Hopkins on one leg. Uh, where they were down in the red zone with a fourth and one, fourth and two, that I thought would have been perfect opportunities for them to go for it. And they didn't go for it. So that whole fourth down thing, it seems like he only goes for fourth down when he really needs it now. He's not really gambling like he was. I I just don't know how to I, – I, I can't put my finger on the pulse of this team. I don't know what mm-hmm. the identity is right now. Yeah, And we should know that by now. Yeah, it kind of felt early on that it was going to be this defense is going to hold this team together and then Herbert was going to be able to deal. Um, I, I mean, I, I do like how much they featured Austin Eckler here in the last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that has really helped uh, this team, and I think that's part of it. I think all, uh, another thing, and I'm not making up excuses for Staley because I, I, I don't think he did very well today, um, without having Keenan Allen or Corey Lindsley or even Rashawn Slater, there's just been some mix and matches. But But – Let's be honest here. Keenan's been out since week one. They should have figured it out by now. We're at six weeks because I can count it on my fingers. Five weeks of trying to figure out this offense without Keenan Allen. Uh, they they ran heavy on Mike Williams at some points. Uh, they were going away from Austin Eckler uh, early in the year. Now they're riding Austin Eckler, which is great. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's confusing on what exactly this team is. Um, is this defense really good? Uh, is, is Herbert not – Herbert yet? I mean, I don't, I, I, Herbert's been a conundrum for me because ever since the injury, I just don't know when we'll see the, you know, the golden God, Justin Herbert play again, because right now, you know, part of it was being able to like run and, and get open when he needed to and flush the pocket and run for those first downs. Those are not coming as much anymore. And it doesn't seem like he's testing it downfield as much. Is that Lombardi holding him back? Is that Justin Herbert still feeling a little hurt. I don't know, but today he was just not that comfortable in the pocket as he usually is. He wasn't as poised in the pocket today. Um, and yeah, I, I he's he's another one that I just I don't know yet what he is and if he's back to Herbert that he was last year or if he's got to improve each week or this is the kind of Herbert we're going to get week in week out. I'm just not sure yet. Yeah, you know, honestly, I thought I thought Herbert was not himself even before the injury. He was not very good oh, in, the week first, one was, in the first half yeah, of the Kansas City game. Yeah, we game. talked about that. He was not very good in week one. He definitely did not play well against Jacksonville. Um, he's He was better the last couple weeks against the Texans and again mm-hmm. last week. Uh-huh. So he's – I think he, he's had moments, but he hasn't really strung together consistent snaps. Yeah. You know, four quarters of snaps where he's playing really well. He's had – quarter here a quarter there but for the most part he's looked uncomfortable in the pocket he's looked unsure of his reads he's not willing to push the ball down the field against two high safeties he has not been good 
Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Obi-Wan Kabobi over here is talking about how he wonders why uh, Herbert wasn't poised in the pocket. Mm-hmm. And that's a fair point. The offensive line was shit. It's been really bad uh, since Slater went out and especially with Lindsay. But even before that, to me, he didn't look good. Mm-hmm. Even before Slater and Lindsay were hurt in the first couple of weeks, he did not, he, he didn't look good to me. Yeah. Uh, inaccurate, kind of jittery, uh, just, I don't know. I don't know if he was amped up or what, but he just hasn't looked good. And it, he's yeah. not progressing. You could make an argument that he is regressing this year in some ways. I mean, he mm-hmm. was really inaccurate in the first quarter of the game today. Really inaccurate. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, Listen, Denver D was really good and he was in his face a lot, but I'm I'm talking about those throws where he had time in the pocket. I mean, the one that we talked about on that uh post to Gerald Everett. I mean, I don't know what happened. He just started drifting towards the sideline. He got spooked by something. Uh he had Horvath open initially. He held onto the ball. He threw it into the ground towards Horvath who caught it anyway. I you know, I I think not just the pressure getting to him. I think even when he's got a clean pocket, He's doing a great job of avoiding pressure and all that. I, I don't want to take that away from him in his pocket presence, but I just think like sometimes he has been a little spooked when he gets in the pocket. He's been like having jittery feet a little bit. He's had that happy feet that we talk about. And so I, you know, I'm not quite sure where he's at yet. I know that there is a lot of yeah things in play here with the offensive line, with the rib injury, without having his starting center. There's a lot to play here, but um, I, I'm just saying that, you know, the jury's still out on what kind of Herbert we're going to get this year. And, uh, you know, I just think at this point we have to give some credit to Staley and, you know, we've criticized him. We just did on uh, where he really screwed up and could have lost the chargers this game, but they won in spite of it, of those coaching mistakes. Um, we talked about it during this, uh, easy patch of this, uh, schedule, they had to get these wins. If they didn't win in these next couple games, that they were going to be in a lot of trouble. And they ended up stringing a couple wins together here. They're four and two. They're now tied with the Chiefs for the best record in the AFC West. And they put themselves back in the hunt with a win, a division win here. Uh, an ugly one, which they could have lost. And, you know, uh, let's be honest, the Broncos aren't very good, but, no matter how bad the Broncos are, they always play the Chargers tough, and it's always a really close, ugly slugfest. And today was one of those days, and they were able to pull out a win in overtime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yes, those are the positives. (laughs) They pulled out a win. They they won an important division game. They're tied for the division lead right now. Mm Mm-hmm. And they've got a chance to go win another game against a pretty mediocre Seattle team. Yep. So opportunity to go to go string what that'd be four wins together at this 
four straight wins it together at this point. So yep. those are the positives. Yeah. Also another positive, just throwing this out there. Uh, Sony Michelle looked pretty good today. Uh, getting the start for Joshua or get uh, starting in place of Joshua Kelly. I uh, got a big third and short in the second quarter, the third quarter ran really tough, got a huge one in the fourth quarter. It seemed like uh, leading up to that game, I was, I was a little scared every time they handled the ball, but really ran hard, ran tough and got some really key first downs throughout this game. Yeah. He had a couple big third down runs. Um, I would still like to see much less of him in the red zone. Of course. Like none of him in the red zone. Yeah. But he had some big third down runs. He had some big conversions, caught some passes to help get Justin out of, out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it's it's spiller time, baby. It's time to get spiller time on the field. Mm-hmm. And we know Joshua Kelly left that game hurt today. Uh, did they say during the game what it was? Ankle, knee? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I Honestly, I, I didn't even, don't remember seeing him get hurt or come off the field. I just remember hearing that he was in the tent and thinking, how is he in the tent? He hasn't been on the field yet. Yeah. So... But I think it's time to get Spiller on the field, mm-hmm. so they don't I have agree. to lean on on Michelle quite so much in the red zone and on third and short. It's just so obvious when they're going to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, we've we've talked about it. I agree. And I would like to see them diversify the offense a little bit. Um, no. Still having a lot of problems running too many like routes in condensed areas of the field. Um, there are some plays where there are four defenders surrounding two two receivers in the middle of the field running mm-hmm. stick routes. Uh, just the route distribution, the route spacing is bad. There, it seems like they're running into each other. They're within four or five yards of each other on almost every pass play. Uh, it's become predictable and easy to stop, and they need to figure out some way to diversify it. One way to do that is to get Palmer involved in the intermediate game. I think they need to find more ways to get uh, Everett some yak opportunities. Maybe devising some some tight end screens for him. Uh, maybe running that um, that play action crosser they like to run for Mike, where they they sell they sell the the run on play action and boot Justin out and sneak Mike across the field. Maybe they can try that with Everett to get him mm-hmm. the ball in, in space. Uh, but they need to open things up a little bit on offense. It's very predictable. It's very condensed. It's not yeah. spaced very well. Um, they have their moments. I thought Lombardi called a really good game last week. Yeah. Not a great game this week. I mean, oh. he was limited in a lot of ways because of who the, what the offensive line was doing or wasn't mm-hmm. doing. Uh, but still, I just you can't be throwing three and four yard passes with Justin Herbert. You got to find a way to get the ball down the field. Yeah. Uh, just to update, so do, I looked it up. Dual twelve is right. It was Joshua Kelly's knee that uh, he went out for. But yeah, I mean that it was such a flat offensive day for the Chargers. Um, they just could not get anything going uh, in the air through through the air on the ground. Uh, Mike Williams was absolutely in hell uh, with Patrick Sertan, and um, they were just kind of trying to find out who else they could get. And uh, Parham stepped up, Palmer, uh, Everett. I mean, I man, I, I don't know what's going on with Everett's hands. Uh, well, I do know he just can't catch very good, and we're just going to have to deal with that from time to time. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he made uh, some good catches today. That one-handed grab was really impressive. But, yeah, this this offense was very stale. And the, it just seemed like there was kind of a let's run it and then screen it and then try to figure it out on third down a lot. And I just and none of it was really working. I Like like we've been saying, I don't think there's a lot of Chargers 
right now that can get separation, knowing that Keenan Allen's not on the field, nobody else can really like step up and get separation. I thought Palmer had a pretty good day today, and um, they, you know, that was a matchup they they exploited a lot. He had nine catches today, but yeah, they just don't have that uh, other explosive explosive weapon, especially when Mike Williams is getting locked down on the sideline. So. It was tough. I mean, there's a lot of things going against Lombardi, but not a good day for him either. Uh, Staley, not a good day. Uh, but uh, I think defensively they were pretty impressive, so I can give I can give him that. Yeah, I mean, they they struggled in the first quarter, yeah. but after that they really locked it down. Did yeah. a good job. They yeah. deserve some credit for that. Coaches too for making the changes. Yeah, yeah, that's that was a very interesting in game change today uh, of JC Jackson. I'm curious to see how that. Uh, that plays out going forward because, man, I don't know if you can bench your uh, free agent star free agent acquisition this soon. But Michael Davis did great when he came in, really, really good. He did. He was yeah. playing tight coverage. He had at least one PBU that I can think of off the top mm-hmm. of my head. Yep. Uh, playing fast and playing confident, which is something mm-hmm. J.C. Jackson has not been doing. Yeah. Okay, we've covered a lot. Um. What else do we have here? Anything else you want to uh, touch on here? You, it seemed like you had a lot of bad things you wanted to say about this game because we talked about a lot of good. You mentioned some. Do you want to air some more grievances? I mean, we talked about the offensive line. We talked mm-hmm. about the, the game management. Um, at one point, do we become worried about the Chargers' wide receivers uh, without Keenan Allen? This is a very slow group. For years, uh, Jamie. What are we talking about? Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> we, we as a group, uh, you and I have been worried about it yeah, for a yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Charger. Um, this is not a good group. It wasn't mm-hmm. a good. It wasn't a great group going into the season, even with Keenan healthy. Now it's a pretty bad group, mm-hmm. uh, well below average. Yeah, they're slow. They don't run great routes for the most part. Uh, they don't separate, and when they're open, a lot of times they don't catch the ball. Mm-hmm. That's not a great trio. Yeah. This group really, really desperately needs some speed and some twitch. Mm-hmm. And it's something they Yak just ability. don't have. They got to find a way to get the ball into Palmer's hands more. They got a way to find a way to unlock um, Carter. I thought we'd see more tunnel screens with him, more bubble screens, more efforts to get him the ball in space. Mm-hmm. We really haven't seen much of that. Uh, they they got to get more creative because th- th- these guys are not able to get open on their own. Yeah, yeah. And I do you, do you see a trade happening anytime soon? Or you think no? This I is, don't. Yeah, I don't either. I don't I think, think they can. Well, financially, yeah. I mean, I yeah yeah. I don't I don't think they're going to do it. And they they were really set on having Palmer be that wide receiver three and uh, really showcasing him this year. And then adding, you know, DeAndre Carter in there from time to time, and uh, plans changed because Keenan got hurt. But man, we just we're not seeing much of anything. I'm I'm surprised we're not getting more run from Michael Bandy too. Who, like uh, last week going into the half, going into the half, he had a lot of really good catches to set him up, and then uh, he had the really nice catch on concentration off a tip ball on fourth down today. But uh, not really getting a lot of run either. And, um, yeah, we're not seeing Carter get any, like, manufactured – well, from time to time we do, but not not nearly enough. And um, Mike Williams is just uh, – he's either going to – he's 
he's either going to make some crazy highlight reel catches or he's just not going to catch a ball at all. And that's just kind of how it's going to be. Did you think Mike made that catch down the sideline? Mm-mm. No, I thought he got both toes down. Uh, even there, after replay? There was one angle on replay um, where they kind of showed it from uh, – it was a sideline camera that was looking down uh, on it. And yeah. it looked yeah. to me like he got both toes down. Mm-hmm. I thought it yeah. was close, but I thought he got both toes down. Yeah. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought he got one foot in, but I don't think he got a second foot in. I think it touched some white. So, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't have challenged it. But I know a lot of other people wanted to. Uh, yeah, I thought it was close enough to look at it. So go ahead and uh, send in questions, and we'll just kind of answer those as we wrap up here. Um, uh, let's see. Peiwei, what do you guys, what do y'all think the problem with Palmer is? He runs crisp routes, not Crips routes, but crisp routes. Uh, but he isn't ready to make plays when something comes his way. I don't know. Maybe he's just not expecting the ball. Um, he that just, does happen he's a not lot getting his head around and, mm-hmm. and he isn't making catches consistently. He got yeah. better as the game went on today. Oh, definitely. But he just hasn't had that much action the first five weeks. Mm-hmm. Seemed like he settled down a little bit um, in the second half today, though. Yeah. Uh, everybody is talking about Sean Payton. Are you ready to pick up Sean Payton and fire Brandon Staley right now? If you if you had Sean Payton give you a little backroom handshake like, hey, I'd come on if you fired Staley, would you do it? I mean – in in a fantasy world, yeah, who wouldn't? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. It, oh, okay. In a fantasy world, who wouldn't? But the Chargers aren't going to do that. They're not going to fire Brandon Staley with two years left on his contract. That's not how they do business. Yeah. I see a lot of people talking about Staley and firing Staley after this year if they don't make the playoffs and bringing Peyton in. It's not happening. They're not going to pay two coaches for while well, one is working and one isn't. They're not going to fire Staley two years into his deal. It's just not how they operate. Staley's going to be here for four years. Yeah. That's just yeah. how they do business. No doubt. Um, is this still a playoff team? I mean, I still think they, they're they probably going to win 10 or 11 games. Mm-hmm. And if they win 10 or 11 games, they'll at least win a wild card. Yeah. I mean, neither one of us had them winning the division anyway, I don't think. Um, I think we both had Kansas City winning the division, and uh, I haven't seen anything that changes my, changes my mind on that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think it's still a playoff team. It's a wild card team. Maybe they get the top wild card seed and win a game, maybe two, depending on matchups. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a Super Bowl team right now, but they've got plenty of time to work themselves into shape and figure some things out. Billy wants to know about Zion Johnson. Uh, is the Denver defensive line that good, or was Zion just playing bad? Uh, both. The, the, yeah, the Denver defensive line is both. good. Yeah. DJ Jones is really good. Draymond mm-hmm. Jones is really good. Um, Browning was playing really well. They have a really good group of guys, especially on the interior defensive line on that team. So that's a good group. It was a good challenge for him, and he had a rough game. Uh, when wa- uh hold on? Did you see Derwin yelling at Staley in the fourth quarter? What was that about? It was actually in overtime. 
Uh, and that was when he called timeout before the punt. Yeah, it seemed like maybe they were worried about a fake. Mm-hmm. Or something. It was fourth and short. Yeah. yeah. And Derwin was yelling at him I about taking the timeout, I guess. I'm not sure, but he wanted to get his guys right. I'm not I, I don't know any other details other than that. But yeah, I saw it. It was interesting. But that that's how Derwin's been. You know, he's been in coach's face and then he after the game gives him a big hug and you see those uh behind the scenes stuff and Derwin's all loving on him after a win, yelling at him during the game. That's just how their kind of relationship is right now, it seems. Uh, RW, when's the last time the Chargers won a game because of their special teams? They got those kicks from Hopkins. They got the Jasir Taylor help out on the muff punt. I feel like they had a couple games last year that they won because yeah. of special teams. Yeah. Because they, they had uh, Roberts making big returns for them last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think they had a couple last year. I'd say last year was the last time. Yeah, I think I remember Hopkins winning a game or two last year on a field goal. Yeah, I'm sure I he swear. did. They played a yeah. lot of close games last year. Uh, let's see. Um, if the bar was making the playoffs and we're on track to make it, currently the second best record in the AFC, why do people want Staley fired if they're on track to make the the uh, playoffs? Well, I think <laughs> I think it's just what we talked about. Uh, you know, I'm not saying right now that I want him fired. I'm just saying I've got one foot out the door at this point because I feel like the Chargers bar is so low that we get in this habit of, well, we would have lost that game last year, so we should be happy. And, yeah, wins are a good thing. Any Anytime you win a game, it's a good thing. So you've had a good day on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need progress. You know, we need growth. We need to see that – they're done with this. We're learning how to win phase, and that they're actually winning games handily by two scores at least yeah. mm-hmm. on a somewhat consistent basis. That they're putting teams away, not that they're playing down to the Broncos' level. Because let's face it, the Broncos are a bad team. Yeah, and that they're eking out wins because the Broncos literally can't get out of their own way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's where a lot of this is coming from. Is we don't know who Staley is. He was ultra aggressive last year on fourth down. He has not been as aggressive this year on fourth down. When he is aggressive, we're getting bad calls. Um, I, I just, I just think we want growth. We want to know that they're going to figure this stuff out and they're going to stop making these. They're going to stop charging. Mm-hmm. And they were really close to charging this game. And last game. And last game. <laughs> and the yeah. game before. So I think that's where it comes from. I, I yeah. think saying they should fire him mid-season or even after this season might still be a bit of a reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit of an overreaction, but that's me saying that with them sitting at four and two. Yes. You know, if, if they finish this season, you know, four and 13, then I might, I might be singing a different tune, but right now I feel like it's an emotional overreaction. Um, and let's see how things play out. If they make the playoffs, they're not going to fire. Them. Yeah, no, no, they won't. And probably shouldn't, but you know, I just think, yeah, we don't we don't know who Staley is, and we're we've been doing this long enough. Would you say how many games, Jamie? What was your math? Twenty one. Twenty three. Twenty three games under Staley. We should have some kind of vision of what this team is going to be, especially because in the off season they built it under his vision. They added so many pieces to this defense and this offense so that this team could win. Now, they're they've got it 
all they got all their free a, free agent acquisitions because of this rookie contract with Herbert. They're doing it now so that they can win. And if they're going to start losing games because they have bad clock management or there's some weird fourth down call that he made on the road, then I could understand why people would want to fire him. I'm not in that camp. I don't think I would even fire him uh, right now, even if he was terrible. But to be honest, I think he's he's done enough. They're four and two, and um, and they won some ugly games, and they've persevered. So I'm I'm all right today. Four and two is good. Uh, they're tied first in the division, and uh, I don't think you can ask any more than that, really. Um, let's see. Uh, just get to a couple more questions. Do you think the Chargers would be better with Brian Dable? Uh, Brian Flores, no, but uh, Dable, he's he's turned it around in New York. Uh, you know, I've seen this argument made, and the Giants are definitely playing well, but they're winning with defense. They're not winning because of that offense, because they have no quarterback and basically no <laughs> offense. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah. So, you know. He's changed the culture. They're playing well. They're they're catching some people off guard. I mean, theoretically, Dayball with Herbert would be pretty fun after yeah. what, what he did with with Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't say definitively that that's that's the case because yeah, he isn't not. necessarily doing that with the offense in in New York. So I, I don't know if they're better with Dayball. I mean, Flores <laughs> isn't employed right now, so yeah. That's why I said ignore Flores' yeah. suggestion. But I mean, and just a uh, just a callback here: Brian Dable, Brandon Staley were the two guys uh, we said as one A and one B for the chart. Well, at least I did. I think you did too, for the Chargers to hire during that head coaching cycle. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, I think we've pretty much done it. Um, there was one other question I was going to get to here uh, before we got off. Is there anything else you want to leave everybody with, Jamie? There was something I saw here that I wanted to respond to. Um, was it this right here? Do the Padres beat the Phillies? Huh. And the answer is hell yes. I'm going to say yes. I think they do. Ooh, and Jamie will be there tomorrow. I'll be there tomorrow night. I'm looking for tickets on Wednesday. I'm to <laughs> this one. Okay. I take issue with this. Uh, we have been... Very positive the last oh, few weeks. Oh, yeah. Come on, John. After some sloppy wins. Uh, people have been saying that we're the voice of reason. We're not the ones out there sh- screaming about firing uh, Brandon Staley after a no. loss. We're not the ones that are out here freaking out and having emotional reactions after every after a win or a loss. We've been pretty even keel. And our, our running theme so far this season has been, hey, a win is a good thing. A win is always a good thing. But that doesn't mean you can't discuss the struggles. That doesn't mean that you can't be honest about the things that didn't go well, that in some cases continue to not go well and ask for more and demand for more. And that doesn't mean that we're we're turning a win into a loss. It's just that, like I said, we want to see some growth. We want to see Staley advance this team. And yes, they won, and we're happy they won. We're happy they're tied for first place in the division. But we want more. And I don't think that's an unreasonable ask. No, and I think you should probably go back and listen to the first half hour because that's all we did. All the positive. We laid out all the good things that happened. Jamie mentioned some bad things. And then we went back and said some good things about like Jasir Taylor and Sony Michelle having a good game. So 
No, I think uh, there are some bad things that happened in this game, and I don't think it's criminal to talk about some other things that uh, went wrong. And uh, while everybody overreacts about the fourth down call last week, uh, we we turned it and gave a, a real easy value take on uh, that situation. And even some losses that were, even after the loss, it seemed like there were some good things that came out of it. So it's all good, man. Um, uh, I, I appreciate you coming on, John, and giving us a second try. Uh, we'll see you next week for a third try, hopefully. And um, – uh, Kevin Hughes wants to know if we're going to do a Padres podcast. We've toyed with that idea for years, but it just hasn't happened for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. We just haven't done it. It's hard with baseball because they play <laughs> every is. day. It's, yes. It's a lot more for baseball. Mm-hmm. It sure is. So shout out to all those baseball podcasts. And po- I'm sure there's some great, po- John Gennaro's got a, anybody from the old bulls from the blue days has a Padres podcast you can listen to, but we've, we've toyed with this idea and I don't know, maybe at some point we can find some time to do it outside of all the stuff we're doing here. But, uh, listen, uh, we, we appreciate all you guys and all the sweet things you guys are saying here. Um, just want to say thank you, uh, everybody that's tuning in. And uh, I, I know that we'll probably be here again, maybe after the game Sunday. We'll see uh, if the schedules align. We'll try to get a preview podcast up this week. And go ahead, Jamie. Looks like you want to respond to this. I was just gonna say, uh... <laughs> read it out to the people in the audio podcast. Game management was the one of the top things from the Lin era. By the way, I don't see an issue now, other than the fourth down decisions from Res two four zero five. The Chargers completely butchered the last two and a half minutes of this game. Completely butchered. Went into the last two and a half minutes with three timeouts. They got the sack on third and nine with two two minutes and 31 seconds left in the game. They sat and let the clock bleed down to two minutes instead of calling a timeout and leaving themselves with two timeouts and the two-minute warning. Um, then they proceeded to not use their timeouts at all in the final minute 51 of the game. Um they get that first down with Eckler at midfield or near midfield and decide not to call a timeout and let 25 seconds tick off the clock. Um, that was some of the worst game management we've seen from Brandon Staley at any point in his tenure. And it seems like after last week with the fourth down decision this week with what they're doing, uh, with what they did with the clock, the game management and clock management aspects of what Brandon Staley is doing are moving in the wrong direction. So hopefully he gets it fixed. Yes. Yes. Agreed. So thank you guys. Um, a lot of great things in the comments. I appreciate everybody being so sweet to us and sticking with us. Uh, thank you so much for watching. Uh, we will uh, do another podcast soon for the Seattle breakdown. Uh, we'll do a recap of the Seattle game coming up here. Chargers are four and two. Tied for first in the division with the Kansas City Chiefs now, who both sit at four and two. They get a division win. They get a uh, AFC win. Uh, huge here because if they drop this game in the division, go three and three, it's a totally different feel here on this podcast. Four and two feels really good at this point, and uh, I think uh, the Chargers win an ugly one. And uh, thankful for it. Uh, they took an extra quarter and overtime to do it, and a muff punt by the Broncos, but the Chargers pull it out. Four and two. Thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate you guys, and we will see you next time. Thanks everybody. Let's fucking go, San Diego. Yeah.